is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go. Well, it's a big weekend for you fantasy football players. A lot of drafts this weekend, and if you're not drafting, good for you because you can watch all of the third week of the preseason and have more to go on. What's up? Welcome to the show. It's uh, Adam, Dave, and Heath today. Ha- oh, happy Friday. Dave in particular is having a very happy Friday. He's in a goofy, wacky, fun mood. Yes. Ah. Uh, yes, I am. Come on. Outstanding. This is going to be the best podcast ever. Yeah. I always say that. Thank you, Heath. I appreciate that. And uh, I had a draft last night. It was weird. I have a, like, just strange, strange team, but the, like, Allen Robinson was the 90th overall pick. 90th That's overall stupid. pick! Stupid. Yeah, I guess. It, it's as if everybody in your league was watching the preseason game between Jacksonville and Carolina and watching Chad Henney play very average football. I guess Is the, that being too nice? The, is the, but the, my question is, didn't we see, like, in two years, haven't we seen Allen Robinson's ceiling and his floor? No, I don't think you've seen the floor. You don't, you think he could be worse than he was last year? He got 150 targets. Nobody's as bad as he was last year with 150 targets. Yeah, but if, it, but it's he was. not on him. He was the number I, right. 28 wide receiver in standard, number that's 24 what I'm in saying. PPR. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If that's his floor and his ceiling is the number five, number four wide receiver in fantasy, Take him falling to 90th overall is just it's pretty dumb. Good. I'm not going to argue over 90th overall. That's a great spot to get him, but it, I'm saying it's as if everybody was watching Chad Henney throw and going, ugh, I can't have any piece of the Jaguars. Well, but at some point, he becomes a good value. Right. Yeah. 90th overall, right. it's like amazing. Into the fifth, I'm fine taking him. Okay, that would be like 60th overall, so... Uh, mm-hmm. It's just weird, you know, we got preseason risers and followers, certainly, but today we're going to mostly talk about busts and our auction, which I was not a part of, but I did look at the results yesterday, and they were absolutely fascinating. Uh, just from looking at the results, I came away with like three or four lessons that our listeners need to know before they do their auctions. That'll be uh, the second half of the show. We're going to announce who's in the podcast league. Right, uh, I have a lot of random thoughts that I want to throw at you guys, <clears throat> and right now... Give me a bust, like we did yesterday with sleepers and breakouts. Give me one, and we'll do some more a little bit later. Uh, Alan Robinson is one of mine. So we could keep talking about him, or we can just say what everybody pretty much can assume, which is bad quarterback play plus bad offensive line plus team that would prefer to run the football more than pass the football equals sad times ahead for AR-15. Okay. But but when like he is being drafted really late now, I don't think he's necessarily a bust anymore. Allen Robinson. When are you okay taking him? I would be okay after round five. All right. So same with Heath. Heath's late round five. You're round six. Around sixtieth overall, we start thinking about Allen Robinson. Right. You but you really want somebody else to take him. Like you don't want him to. You don't want him. I yeah. I want him, I'd love him as a bench player. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. I'd love him as a flex. I'd love him as a flex and I guess in PPR. I don't know about standard. I mean, look, he, he connected with Henny on a, on a, what, 37 yard pass? That was nice. That was nice. He had to lay out They're for going it. to suck again. They're going to be behind all the time. He's going to get 140 or 150 targets. He's going to be terribly inefficient. 
but he's going to be a huge value if you get him after the fifth round. When are you going to feel comfortable starting this guy? Week one. When? Week one? Week two, week three, week four, week five. Okay. I'm, I'm moving him down in my rankings just for that. Dave hates him. I'm just, I'm not a believer in Chad Henney. I'm not a believer in Doug Marone. I think the offensive line is going to be a liability week one, week two, week three. It's making me question even taking Leonard Fournette at all. Mm-hmm. I'm, I would be very nervous. There's no questioning the talent of Allen Robinson. And I don't mind that he gets as many targets as you think he's going to hit. He, I happen to think he's going to get less than that because I don't think they're going to want to throw as much. But I don't think he's going to be in a situation that will be conducive for fantasy football. I think he's going to disappoint a lot. Okay. So would you take Martavis Bryant or Allen Robinson? Martavis. Heath? In standard, and this might be a point to where I have to update my rankings too. I think in standard, I'd probably take Martavis. Okay. In PPR, I'm going with Robinson. Heath, give me a bust. I'm feeling a little feisty. Feisty Friday, we're going to call it. So I'll just pick a fight and I will say Jameis Winston is my bust. Mean. (laughs) Five quarterbacks since 2000 have thrown 33 interceptions in their first two NFL seasons. You want to hear the names? Uh, sure. Jameis Winston. Uh huh. Blake Bortles. Uh huh. Mark Sanchez. Ooh. Geno Smith. Eesh. And Joey Harrington. Ooh. <laughs> now, Winston's done a lot of good things that those other guys haven't done, but he has to take care of the ball this year. And the reason why is Dirk Cutter got fed up with him last year. Yeah. Through four games, he'd thrown eight picks and he just said, you know what? We're not going to throw it that much anymore. We're just going to run it. Let him throw 32 passes a game after that. That's 510 pass attempts for a season. He can't be a top five quarterback with 510 pass attempts because he's not Marcus Mariota. He's never been as good as Marcus Mariota. Mariota can do it on 510 pass attempts because he's efficient and he doesn't throw the ball to the other team. Winston's average draft position on CBS Sports is the fifth quarterback. Mm. Ahead of Mariota, ahead of Russell Wilson, ahead of Kirk Cousins. Hard pass. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, in a six point per passing touchdown league, is there a big difference between Mariota, Winston, Cousins, and let's say Stafford, even Dalton? Um, is there a big difference between those guys? You're better off just waiting. There's no difference in my mind, but I like those guys and I, and I do like Winston more than Mariota. Uh, if I may counter Heath's argument, I think Winston has a chance at blowing away 4,000 yards. He's got the best receiving core he's ever worked with. I like Doug Martin, those first three games. I don't like Jacquez Rogers, and I think you're going to see Tampa Bay have to throw the ball. I think Jameis has looked good. I think his offensive line looks better than what we've seen the past two seasons, and I think that's going to make a difference. And I think Jameis Winston takes more ownership of this offense, and I think he puts together a breakout year. So I don't mind. I don't like him where he's being drafted. I don't know what the what the overall pick is. Uh, fifth round. Okay, I don't like that. That's no, no. good. But if I if I can find him in round late round seven, I'll think about it. But I'm a Cousins guy, and I, I think I might be the only one on the planet besides his agent. I don't think there's one even in the front office of the Washington Redskins. I, I, w- I would take Cousins ahead of Jameis. I like Cousins. I've got him right in the same tier with Ryan, with Roethlisberger, with Stafford. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, all right, great. So we got Allen Robinson, who's – I don't know if he's a bust anymore just because he keeps on falling. And then there's Jameis Winston. That's an interesting take. Dave does not necessarily agree. He's worried about the interceptions. 
Uh, can we give a big thank you guys to our newest sponsor, ProFlowers.com? ProFlowers.com hmm. sent us beautiful bouquets, which, uh, which you guys were able to give to your wives. And how did that go? Well, first of all, I kept mine because I love flowers. <laughs> okay, fine. I gave them to my wife. Uh, listen, I was pleasantly surprised by what I got when I opened the box. I don't know how you felt, Heath, but I, I opened the box from Pro Flowers. They sent this big bouquet of roses, oh. lots of different colors. They were all fresh. They, they sent them in this thing, like this foam thing. I don't know what it is. I'm not a, a, a botanical expert, so I can't speak to it. But I know that the flowers were fresh, mm-hmm. and they're still fresh, and we got them a week ago. They're still sitting on my counter. I left them in the box all day. Me too. And they stayed perfectly fresh. And then, of course, on the way home, I stopped – Took them out of the box, put them in the vase, got some water in them, <laughs> threw the box away, and walked through the front door. <laughs> said, "Honey, football season's really hard. I understand it. I just wanted to show you how much I love you." Uh, you did you really do that? That's that's something because I went home with my box, dropped the box on the kitchen table, and I said, "Here, okay. <laughs> these are yours." Such a romantic. Well, look, actually, it's funny you say that because uh, Pro Flowers bouquets are guaranteed to stay fresh for at least seven days. That's that's pretty good. Or your money back, and you control the delivery date. So Pro Flowers is a new sponsor. If you need some flowers and you want 20% off, here's what you do. You get 20% off summer roses or any bouquet of $29 or more at proflowers.com. Our promo code is FFT. Use that at checkout. So it's proflowers.com. Promo code is FFT. Don't wait to make someone's day. All right, great sponsor, and thank you very much, Pro Flowers. Again, uh, FFT, the promo code. All right, here are some random thoughts real quick. Is quarterback shallower now than it was two weeks ago when we did the position preview? And I, I mean, we're down on Eli Manning because the line looks so bad. Carson Palmer uh, with John Brown's injury. He's hopefully back this week. Tyrod Taylor is out of the equation. Is Is quarterback shallower than it was two weeks ago? Is it significantly shallower? Not only is it a little bit shallower, but I see that there's kind of a divide after the top eight quarterbacks. This is in my rankings. Some people might not agree with the number. Some people might not agree with the names. For example, maybe you're not feeling Kirk Cousins like I am, and you wouldn't consider him in there. But Heath, for example, is feeling Matthew Stafford and thinks that Matthew Stafford's going to finish as a top 10 quarterback. So he might be in that group before the divide. And when I'm talking about the divide, I'm, I'm basically drawing a line on where you might draft Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, and Derek Carr. And you think of the quarterbacks that you would take ahead of those guys, they would get in before that, I'll, I'll use the word again, divide. Mm-hmm. A break in the, a break within the tier. So maybe, maybe the best way to put it is you got your top two quarterbacks in the top tier. You got Drew Brees standing by himself in the next tier. And then after that, you've got the tier of the guys Matt Ryan, this is for me, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Jameis Winston, Russell Wilson, Marcus Mariota. You can rank them any way you want. To me, those top four tiers, three tiers, three tiers, are really where it's at with quarterback, and then there's everybody else after that. Yeah, there's. I said, I think, during the position preview that there were 19 starting quarterbacks or 18 that I was fine with starting. We are down to 16 and a half. Mm. 16 and a half. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's, who's the half? Palmer? Uh, Carson Palmer, because he is by far and away my favorite quarterback to draft with Andrew Luck. He starts the season with the Lions. He gets the Colts. He's got the 49ers in week four. You don't, you, you can just wait until Luck looks good. Don't even start him the first month. Palmer's going to be a top 12 quarterback the first four weeks of the season. 
and then I don't want any part of them. You know, it's funny because my second random thought was that Carson Palmer is a good player to pair with, with Luck, but I really like pairing Derek Carr with Luck if you can do it. And he's, and I think you can do it because he, he goes yeah. later than I, than I expect at Tennessee, home against the Jets at Washington in his first three games and then at Denver, Baltimore, the Chargers. I mean, I just like Carr to begin with, but at Tennessee, home against the Jets at Washington in his first three games, I think Carr is also a good player to pair with Andrew Luck. He is. I can't usually get Carr in the last round like I can Palmer, mm-hmm. but if he was there, I would rather have him. Looking at our current ADP, he is now the ninth quarterback being drafted. Carr is ahead of Big Ben, Mariota, Luck. Mm, wow. No, I don't think it should. I love Derek Carr. I don't think it should be that way. Yeah, Luck's down to twelfth uh, now. Okay, I need to accept my next random thought. I need to just accept. Look, I'm tired of in round two and round three just like hating my pick. So I need to just come around on some guys that accept them and like them. I am ready to go there now with Jay Ajayi and Todd Gurley. Uh, Ajayi looked great last night and both of these guys are just going to dominate touches for their team. Both of them are going to get goal line carries and goal line touchdowns hopefully. And I understand downside with both of them. I just, I'm tired of being such a negative Nancy. I want to be a positive Polly on Jay Ajayi and Todd Gurley. I'm ready to accept them and, and be very happy with them as second round picks. I'm with you. I, I'm not there yet with Gurley. I'm not impressed by what I saw in the second preseason game. Let's see what he looks like in his third preseason game against the Chargers on Saturday night. And that'll be a game broadcast nationally on a network known as CBS. So please check your local CBS affiliate and watch that game with all of us on Saturday night. Wow. As for Ajayi, I had already moved him up a spot in my rankings. I put him ahead of Jordan Howard this week. Not because of anything he did. It's more because of just what I'm seeing with Tariq Cohen in Chicago and how it looks like Tariq Cohen might be a thing, a little thing with Jordan Howard. I would take Ajayi ahead of him. Love the fact that Ajayi is healthy now. Couldn't care less that he scored two touchdowns yesterday. Really cared more about how he he showed a lot of power on his other runs. First run of the game was a nice big run right up the middle of that Philadelphia defense. And I think you're going to see the Dolphins lean on him plenty. And just right. the mere fact that he will. Like, I, I think everybody knew that he was going to work the goal line. Now you know that he's going to work the goal sure. line. You sure. saw it in that preseason game. <clears throat> uh, this is a tough one for me. Gurley or Zeke? Gurley. I'm going to go Gurley as of now. Okay. Yep. Uh, convince me that Bilal Powell is not a total steal. Matt Forte is not going away. He's going to turn into z- zombie running back, Matt Forte. Was it Ronnie Hillman that was the cockroach? Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. Yeah. Well, Matt Forte is like super cockroach because he was actually good at one point. Great, in fact. I don't want to sell Matt Forte short. And Those he's practicing again. Those I think he's going to play this weekend. Okay. I don't want somebody on a committee on the worst team in football. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Especially in standard. In PPR, he's, Powell's been a good pass catcher in his career and they're going to be trailing a lot and I think he'll have that role. But, I don't think Matt Forte stays healthy for half the season. Right. That's the thing. Like Powell was so good in either format when, mm-hmm. when he had he, the big work. He's been workload. exceptional in small doses. Yeah. The but, dude is 30 years old or 28, 29. He's never had a full workload. Bilal Powell is 28. He'll turn 29 in October. I don't mind that he hasn't had a full workload ever because that means he's got a little bit more gas in the tank than your typical 29-year-old running back. And the, the Jets gave him the ball a ton in those last four games. They actually won two of those games. One was against the 49ers. One was against Buffalo. It helped that those two teams weren't so great against the run last year. 
but he also proved that he can make plays as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Averaged at least four yards per carry in those games. Three of those games, he averaged at least five yards yeah, per I, carry. He was great. He was great. I think he's great too. And I think he's going to get, I don't know if he's going to have many games with 29 or 22 carries like he had late last season, but I think the Jets are going to try and, you know, what's the only way they can win this year? They're not going right. to ride on the arm of Josh McCown. They're going to throw to Powell. Anderson is great. They're going to throw to Powell a lot. I think so. They'll throw to Powell a lot, and they'll hand him off a lot, and they'll do their best to try and control uh, the game clock and let their defense try and win them some games. Powell or Abdullah? Abdullah. I believe – I know it's close between these two in my rankings. It's not close for me in standard. In PPR, it is close, but I take Abdullah in both. I've got – I think it's Abdullah in both, and I'm not thrilled with it, but all right, th- uh, it is what it is. Powell or Rob Kelly? Powell. Kelly and standard, Powell and PPR. I don't know why we haven't okay. been in Kelly on Kelly and standard. Or I don't know why we haven't been in on this debate, um, but uh, it's a nationwide debate. Is a hot dog or a hamburger a sandwich? That's We've done this before, haven't we? I, have I we? Think we have. They're obviously sandwiches, yes. Oh, they are? No, they're clearly not sandwiches. It's ridiculous. They obviously are. No, they're not. How dare you desecrate a bun by uh, saying that it's not of the same proprietary manner of for example, a chicken club sandwich. Like you, you clearly you're differentiating between you're differentiating between a bun and two it's slices not a of bread. Sandwich. It wouldn't be on the. You're sandwich. an anti-wheatite. Or sub sandwiches? If you Aren't they called sub sandwiches? Yes, yeah, subs are sandwiches. Uh, if you own, let me ask you a question. Opens up. If you owned a lunch shop and right? you had a menu, big freaking menu up on the wall, would you put hot dogs and hamburgers under the sandwich section? Don't even tell me you would because you've never seen that in your life. It doesn't exist. They don't belong there. They they don't go there. They are sandwiches. I feel like we're very late to this party, and it's not worth it for us. You to don't about. think a hamburger's a sandwich? No, I don't. Now, if you don't want to be— What about a sloppy joke? That's your worst take ever. Uh, no, it's not. Not even close. <laughs> you haven't I, known him as long as I've known him here. Here's a good take. Here's a good take. <clears throat> Excuse me. Come join us in Philadelphia, yes. August 31st from 6 to 9 p.m., Hosted food and bar, a live podcast, a meet and greet, raffle prizes, and more. August 31st, Victory Beer Hall inside Xfinity Live in Philadelphia, 6 to 9 p.m. I will not wear my Beckham jersey, not because I don't want to troll you, just because it's too big on me. 6 to 9 p.m., the Victory Beer Hall inside Xfinity Live in Philadelphia. It's open to the public, but first come, first serve. So you don't need tickets, but uh hey, we might sell out. You never know. Let's get some quick preseason observations, then we'll get back into the busts, and then we will uh, talk auction and announce the Podcast League winners later in the show. Tweets of the day. They're both from Heath. Blake Bortles looked like he showed up for a final after not going to the lectures all semester and skipping out on half the labs. And this is coming from an expert. I had a 0.714 GPA my first semester of college. <laughs> that true? That's factually accurate. Oh, Holy my cow. God. You have to I know try somebody who had a 0.875 GPA and his parents almost murdered him. Wow. Yeah. It was rough. I, uh, I learned a lot that first semester. I was majoring in gambling and beer and it turned out the university I was attending did not, did not offer those classes. <laughs> so no credit oh, for that. Alright, uh, let's, let's, any major takeaways from, uh, last night's two games, the Dolphins and Eagles and the Panthers? And uh, who the heck did they play? The Jaguars. The Jaguars. You don't even want to remember I watched the, court, the, game. the team that the quarterbacks are on. Uh, yeah, we already talked about Allen Robinson. Any any takeaways from these crappy games? Well, where do you want to start? Actually, I they were fun. Probably they were fun. go team by team here. 
Um, okay, Devontae Parker or Kelvin Benjamin? They both look good. Kelvin Benjamin looks like he's in shape. Parker had a great play. Who would you rather have, Parker or Benjamin? I'm upgrading Parker, but I'm sticking with Benjamin. Probably going to be right next to each other in the rankings. I think the upside favors Devontae Parker. And the fact that this, just the quarterback fit is much better now than it was before. And I, I think he's, I think he's in line for a really big year. I think Kelvin is a little bit more of a safer play and a lot more of a touchdown dependent receiver. So are you taking Parker over Landry now? Uh, I think I'm at that point, yeah. Well, how about this? Can you, can we rank four receivers? Can we rank Allen Robinson, Kelvin Benjamin, Devontae Parker, and Jarvis Landry? Adam, we rank 60 receivers. <laughs> I think I'm ready to go with Parker, Benjamin, Landry, Robinson. Wow. Which might be the exact opposite order that they were in when I first put out my rankings in February. We're talking standard, right? Let's do both. I In standard, I am going to go, you know what? Allen Robinson's number one. Let's not be silly. His floor is higher than these guys have generally produced mm-hmm. Robinson Benjamin Landry Parker Ugh, I don't like it you want to put Parker up there don't you I yeah but I had Parker like 10 spots below Benjamin and Landry I'm not moving up 10 spots over a couple of preseason catches I'm not excited about the prospects for Landry or Robinson at all now look Landry played a ton with the starters he was targeted on a deep ball that Cutler threw but he also couldn't escape the coverage like Devontae Parker did on his deep ball, or, or basically outplayed his coverage on the deep ball. I, I think Landry could have a very frustrating year, and the fact that he doesn't have Tannehill checking down, I think, is going to hurt him very much. I'm, I would, I'm, I'm nervous with him. I, I'm doing a Twitter poll. Carson Wentz what? or Carson Palmer? Carson Wentz or Carson Palmer? Uh, I'm still taking Palmer. Yeah, yeah. Wentz looks but, good. Wentz looked great. His also offensive dumb line sometimes. was hot and cold. Yeah, he made some mistakes too. He did. Oh. Um, but I, I still, he, he threw the ball over 600 times last year. He's going to do it again this year. I, I don't know. I, Jamie would laugh at me if I, if he were here, but if Torrey Smith is there with your last pick and you're in a deeper draft, I, I think you fire the shot. I don't think he's as nearly as bad of a player as he was those last two years in San Francisco. I think he's better than that. And since this offense is going to throw a bunch, I think he could end up being a decent bye week receiver at some point during the season. Torrey Smith, okay, now Torrey Smith, I I don't love it either, but <clears throat> I just think that that's the direction that this Eagles ship is sailing in. That's it. I, I was drafting last night, twelve team half PPR is one of my last picks, and I'm sitting there going, who do I take, Rex Burkhead or Wendell Smallwood, who I think is going to, I'm I'm convinced he's going to be the main. Primary ball carrier for the Eagles. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's where I'm at right now. I took Burkhead. I took almost the entire time on the draft clock, and I took Burkhead. What would you guys have done? Something happened last night, though, that gave me just – because I was ready through like a quarter, a quarter and a half of that game to move Smallwood ahead of Blunt, drop Blunt, move Smallwood ahead. And then they gave Blunt another series, and he came out, and he looked different. I think he got – like I – it was just one run. He's but then a plotter. He was to the left side, right? Yeah. It was that left side. Right? It was his best run of the game. Running pass routes, he was, like, running. And yeah. I think maybe Wendell Smallwood lit just a little bit of a fire under him. I still think Smallwood will have more rushing yards than LeGarrette Blunt this year. 
I don't think they're getting rid of Blunt though. I expect him to have more touchdowns. And so I'll probably rank them both in a position where I won't, I won't, I'll, I'm much more likely to draft Smallwood. But Blunt I'll still have ranked ahead of Smallwood. I, I think you made the right choice with Burkhead, Adam. Right. Because Smallwood was playing in a passing downs role yesterday. You know that he's not going to do that most weeks. Cause that's Darren Sproles time. Who, by the way, didn't play in a single snap of the preseason so far, and I doubt he's going to do it in the fourth week. I wonder if they're just letting him rest up and get ready oh, for yeah. more usage than we're assuming. That That's a player, like I know I just made a whole big spiel about taking Torrey Smith with your last pick. Put Darren Sproles ahead of that. Take what I said, take out Torrey Smith's name, put in Darren Sproles' name, and do it in almost every draft. But it is, uh, really you're taking, you're taking, well, Wait a second. You can't, you can't you get Sproles in the last round. But two, but two I think days ago. You can. I don't think people are thinking about it. I didn't think you felt that way two days ago when we did the live mock draft. I thought you were, uh, you were with me there where like, when are you going to feel comfortable starting Darren Sproles? He doesn't get enough touches. He doesn't score enough touchdowns. He's just a PPR guy. And I don't think he's going to have more carries than Smallwood or Blunt. Do you? I think he'll have more than Smallwood. And I, I, he might end up having more total. Nah, he won't have more total touches than Blunt. Blunt would have to get hurt for that to happen. Um, I'm just, I, I, when would I feel comfortable starting Darren Sproles in a non-PPR league? Almost never. In a stand, in a PPR league, he'd be a good bye week running back. And I think there's some upside there. Maybe they give him some big run. This might be his last year in football. Okay. And do you have any thoughts, uh, on Christian McCaffrey? Also, uh, Chris Trarian, I call him, contrarian Chris. He wrote an article about the rookie running backs being overhyped. Now, McCaffrey only had seven carries for 21 yards, one catch for 12 yards, but he is lightning every time he touches the ball. He looks good. I don't care that it was only three yards per carry. He he looks good. Um, <clears throat> any updated thoughts on McCaffrey, and then then we'll wrap it up. That should have gotten a Creeth byline because I mostly agree with his piece on the rookie running backs being overrated. I was just really happy to see Cam – on the field. I don't think we can place the same level of concern on him as we have on Andrew Luck. No, no. I agree. Yeah, okay. I, th- I think the fact that he's back and he played and he threw two passes and one was for a touchdown, I think I think it, it's a nice positive for him. I'm still just not ready to to trust him if he's not going to run the ball as much. And I don't expect him to run in a preseason game. No, I don't know no not sure. at all. There's no reason for it. That'd be dumb. But I don't I just I don't know how many rushing yards he's going to have this year. Particularly since not only did Jonathan Stewart look all right, but Christian McCaffrey, like you said, Adam, lightning. He's awesome. Every time he touches the ball, the the bottom line is that he's going to end up being a top 36 pick in every draft. If he's not, then he's almost a bargain. McCaffrey the, went like 20th in my draft yesterday, maybe even earlier than that. He went he went the, ahead of Gurley. He went ahead of uh, Zeke. Yeah, it was half uh, PPR. Mistake. It was it was it was a mistake. It was, but I was I was thinking like about him at twenty five. I ended up taking Dalvin Cook instead, which may have also been a mistake. But uh, you know, depends how you feel about these rookie running backs. And of course, we'll know more on Monday after this uh, fun weekend. And listen, it's fantasy football season. That means FanDuel is back. Daily fantasy football. New teams each week. You don't have to deal with injuries or bad matchups or bye weeks or backfield splits. I love FanDuel. I really became a huge FanDuel fan a few years ago. I've been playing ever since, and contests start at just $1 on FanDuel. If you're not familiar, here's how FanDuel works. It's kind of like an auction. You're given a fake budget. Every offensive player and the DSTs are given prices. You have to pick the best team within your budget. You compete against other fantasy football players who think they're better than you, but they're wrong because you listen to this podcast, so you're going to take their money. So it's really fun. I, I, I really love playing on FanDuel. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com. Click the Join Now button. 
and use our code CBSPOD. New users get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million with over $1 million in cash prizes when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. So that's a great contest to be a part of. Go to FanDuel.com and use the promo code CBSPOD, which is also going to help us. We'd appreciate it. Again, FanDuel.com. Not going to help us financially, but, you know, promo code CBSPOD, void where prohibited. Uh, Ty Montgomery hopes to play Saturday at Denver despite his sickle cell trait. ESPN Colts reporter Mike Wells says the odds are against Andrew Luck playing in week one. Green Bay right tackle Brian Bulaga sprained his ankle. He doesn't think it's too serious. And Thomas Rawls, CJ Proceis, and Tyler Lockett are expected to play tonight. I Just on Montgomery, um, let's look at the draft last night. I took both Montgomery and Williams. I had the number one overall pick. Montgomery I took with the first pick of round five, so it's 49th overall. And Williams I took with the first pick of round nine. So uh what do you think about rounds five and nine? I mean, look, you, you have to reach a little bit at, at when you have the first overall pick because there are 24 picks before you pick again. Yeah, that's not a that's not a reach on Montgomery at all in a PPR league. Half PPR, but yeah. It's still. I, I think that's a, that's a good spot to get him. I understand why you took Jamal Williams. I don't really want to spend an early ninth-round pick, but I don't know what other running backs were available there or McFadden. what your situation was. McFadden so. and Peterson. I was thinking about them. Yeah, I would have, uh, hmm. Right, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. I had David Johnson. It felt kind of like I'm, like I have two running backs in one <laughs> with David Johnson, so I just decided to handcuff. Alright guys, let's go back to the busts. Uh, alright, so Dave, you said Alan Robinson. Heath, you said Jameis Winston. We have six more to give. I'd like to do it in about ten minutes or so, so we can talk about the auction. Um Jeremy Macklin and Mike Wallace, you're just not buying the Baltimore wide receiver thing, Dave, and, and even though yeah. I told you that what? Steve Smith was pretty good for them, Steve Smith was pretty good for them. I don't know if these guys are as good as Steve Smith. Yeah, they like, old Steve I Smith. Mike Wallace is going in the twelfth round. I feel like for him to be a bust, he would like have to take a machete and cut up the rest of the players on your fantasy football team to hurt you enough from the twelfth round to be a bust. And Matt he did finish as a top twenty-four receiver last year. When he was basically the de facto guy for them, he also didn't have any games with double-digit fantasy points in his last eight. Yeah, he had like four good games. He's, he's yeah, he exactly frustrated the hell games. out of you. Sure, if he was being drafted as the number 24 wide receiver, I could see how you would say that's not real. He's going to bust. He's going in the 12th round. Macklin's going in the ninth round. I'd rather have Mac. I know Heath likes Wallace. I, Jamie probably likes Macklin in the ninth better than Wallace in the 12th. I'm not sure. But I'm Dave, a little cons- Dave not feeling it. I'm not. I'm I'm concerned about the quarterback. And Joe, forget about Joe Flacco's back, which is an issue in and of itself, but he's thrown for over a thousand yards with a receiver five times in nine seasons. Alex Smith had never done it, and then Jeremy Macklin did with That's Alex Smith. That's fine. How many yards did Macklin have that year? Probably around ten fifty to eleven hundred. I don't know. Okay. Only one time in Flacco's whole career has he connected with a receiver for more than uh, 1065. Torrey Smith had 1128 in 2013. I don't know if these guys are as explosive. Flacco's never thrown more than seven scores to a wide receiver. Or he's only done it twice in his pro career, I should say. Not never, just twice. And it was Torrey Smith both times. I, I'm, I don't think, obviously he doesn't have very high expectations for Macklin and Wallace. Certainly you see them in round 12. Okay, that's fine. I don't see them as great 
fantasy contributors this year. They're no better than number three options. He's a, Michael Wallace is the 39th wide receiver off the board. What's Macklin? Uh, 36. All right, so yeah. All right, so so they're, not, not they're being drafted as number three receivers. Yeah, number four for Wallace. All right, let's let's go. I still I I still don't like them. I don't know if I want them on my team. Yeah, Dave's got what, another. And what happens to them if Joe Flacco misses time? That's <laughs> then you'll cut him like you will nuts. half of your 12th round picks. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's a good point. Now Lamar Miller is another bust, and on CBS, Lamar Miller is going 31st overall. Uh, yeah, I just man, I, I like I feel the same way about Hopkins. It's like all the reasons Dave probably doesn't like Miller. Can't we say that about Hopkins? Let's. Is it just the fact that they're on a bad offense? No, I'm. I'm worried that Joe Philbin was right. Remember all those years in Miami where they wouldn't give Lamar Miller the football because they didn't think he could handle that big workload. And then his last year in Miami, they they finally let him have that chance. They told him, "Get your body ready. You're going to get a lot of work." And he got a decent amount of work, but not as much as still we would have liked. And then last year in 13 games. He had as much work as we could have asked for, and I think he let us down, given the number oh, yeah. of Huge. touches that he had. And then Bill O'Brien, what does he do this offseason? He says, we've got to get somebody to help Lamar Miller with the carries. So I think it's pretty clear where we're, where people have him ranked and where they're thinking about him as one of those safer number two fantasy running backs. I don't know how safe he is. He makes me nervous. I think Deontay Foreman is definitely going to take some work off his plate. I think the passing offense will be better. Maybe that opens things up for Lamar Miller. Maybe that makes him a bigger factor in the passing game. He wasn't a big factor last year. I don't know if that's going to change. I'm I'm particularly worried about him being worth where he's getting drafted. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you're taking Crowell ahead of him. Uh, would you for take? Sure. Would you take? How many of the rookie running backs are you taking ahead of Lamar Miller? Zero. All but one. All but who? Mixon. Okay. All right, next bust for Dave is Amir Abdullah. Oh, man, why, Dave? Why? Because I just don't think he's going to get the type of opportunities that everybody expects him to get. That the, the, Even the coaches are saying 200 carries. I don't buy it. I don't think he gets 200 carries. He's looked okay, but he's not very powerful. I'm worried about him getting banged up. I'm worried about him getting sent to the doghouse if he fumbles again. And I'm especially troubled by the fact that the Lions will always, always, always use multiple running backs. It's just a staple of what Jim Caldwell believes in. Offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter is going to uh, subscribe to that theory as well. And I think that there's just limited upside for Abdullah, who I don't believe has ever had a 20-carry game. And I think he's only had four games with 15 or more touches. It's not. I don't know that it's fair though, because they just didn't really give him the work that they should have given him as a rookie. And then he played one and a half games last year, and he was good. He's been good. Uh, he's the 26 running back off the board, Amir Abdullah, back to back to back with Gillisley, who's probably going to fall. This is on Fantasy Pros. Gillisley, Bilal Powell, Amir Abdullah. Um, they're all going like 66th overall. On CBS Sports, Abdullah is going 71st overall. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, as a flex, you know, 70th overall is that is that a good time for for Amir? It's an excellent time. There's nobody going behind Ed, Amir Abdullah that is going to get a big workload. Like Bilal Powell, Danny Woodhead, Mike Gillisley, Paul Perkins, Legarrette Blunt, Doug Martin are the next six running backs taken after Amir Abdullah. Yeah. I think Abdullah, I mean, you don't see the talent 
Dave, because I think of Dula, who's, by the way, on the rise, up 18 picks in CBS. I think he has breakout potential. I think he has bust potential, too, unfortunately. A lot of guys in that range are hit or miss. But uh, I'm excited about his talent. And, and he's going to be on a good offense. I do hate the schedule, though. The early schedule stinks for the That's Lions. another strike against him. It's a tough schedule to begin the season. And I'm I'm more concerned about the opportunity than I am the talent. Okay. Uh, and then you're oh, – that's it, right? So we got um, Macklin and Wallace, Lamar Miller, Allen Robinson, Amir Abdullah. Those are four of Dave's busts. If you want more, go to the website, cbssports.com slash fantasy. Let's do Heath's bust in just a second. I do want to tell you about Indochino. Hey, do you know how much custom suits cost? You should be ready to spend close to $1,000 if you want a made-to-measure suit. That's a lot of money. Unless you buy on Indochino.com. I-N-D-O-C-H-O C, excuse me, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O dot com. With our promo code FFT, or you can go to an Indochino showroom, by the way. But uh, with the promo code FFT, you get a premium suit for $379. 50% off with free shipping. So here's what happened to me with my wedding. First of all, I did wear the Indochino suit uh, to the rehearsal dinner. Got a lot of compliments. I customized every detail of it. It fits me perfectly. And then, you know, before this, before the rehearsal dinner, obviously, but I took my tux to a tailor. And I brought my Indochino suit along with me, and I said to the tailor, I want my tux to fit like this. And now every suit I own before the Indochino suit, I'm either not going to wear or I'm going to take to the tailor and make it fit like Indochino because it is the best thing I've ever bought clothing-wise. Um, I love it. I, I feel I feel good in it. I look good in it, and it's it's mine. You know, it's customized. I love that. It's got my little monogram on it. Um, any premium suit. 379 at Indochino.com when you enter FFT at checkout. 50% off with free shipping. FFT at checkout for any premium suit for 379 with free shipping. FFT on Indochino.com. Heath, you already told us why Jameis Winston could be a bust. I still, uh, man, nobody seems to listen to us with Marshawn Lynch. He's still going very high. He's a bust for you. He's a third round pick right now. Yeah, we don't have to spend very much time on Marshawn Lynch because anybody that's listened to this podcast for one or two episodes has already heard us talk about how Marshawn Lynch shouldn't be drafted this high. Going at 35th overall, the same basically as Dalvin Cook, just behind Lamar Miller, ahead of Isaiah Crowell, Mark Ingram. I would rather have like 29 running backs than Marshawn Lynch, even in non-PPR. I'm not drafting him in the first five rounds. I don't expect... I'll just say this. If you give me Amir Abdullah and Marshawn Lynch and ask who who gets more carries or touches this year, I'll take Abdullah. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. Oh. All right, fair enough. I think well And said. I kind of no agree with Dave that I don't think he's going to get a workhorse level of touches. There's just no way Lynch is either. Don't you see the touchdowns kind of being the glimmer of upside? I, I, I will take him in round five. Right. And I have. In our – Silly little drafts when everybody in the room doesn't like Marshawn Lynch and he falls to me in round five, I take him. But don't you at least see the potential for him to get eight, nine touchdowns? Yep. I think that's there's definitely a potential for him to have a 750, 800-yard season with eight touchdowns and no catches. I also see the potential I don't think for that's a... good enough to justify where he's going. I think uh, – no, he's going. Not really where good. he's going. And, but, and that's upside. But I opinion. don't think that means that you take him in round six either. And listen – Taking him in round two or wherever his ADP is right now. Three. End of round three. Kooky crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. I-, I think there's a chance for a good start. I-, I think you have to be worried about longevity season long with uh with Marshawn. But 
because they just have a nice schedule early. Better for the passing game than the running game. But uh, all right, you also have Leonard Fournette as a bust. Okay, that is interesting. Let's let's talk about that. Let's see where Fournette is going. He went in the third round of my draft yesterday. He's going twenty sixth, early third round. Twelve team. League. Yeah, I just I don't feel like there are any guarantees with Fournette. He's got an injury history with the ankle and foot. He currently has a foot injury. He's on a team where they're trying to decide between Blake Bortles and Chad Henney at quarterback that we've been hearing for three years now that their defense has improved and their offensive line has improved and this is the year they're competitive and they have not looked like either of those things is really true so far in the preseason. There's a lot of upside with Leonard Fournette. I took him in one of our drafts recently with the eighth pick in the third round. Because he had never fallen that far. It was the first time I drafted him all summer. And I still didn't really like it. I could see a situation where he's a top 10 running back. I could see a situation where he's Chris Ivory. Oh man, no. How could he be Chris Ivory? He's, he's a great, he's, he's a good player. Like Chris Ivory. He is a good player. I don't know if he's great, but he's good. He's not, he's better than Chris Ivory. And the, the question I think that, you know, you can let people decide how they feel about Fournette because the run, the rookie running backs are going to be very polarizing. But what, what about the touches? Is he going to dominate touches? Can he handle dominating touches? I think so. Can his foot, can his foot handle it? So he has a college history of foot injuries too, or just right now? I believe he's had a foot ankle and an ankle. foot last year cost him five games. Oh, that's, yeah. Now the foot injury, from what I understand, is not serious. From from what was intimated, it sounds like somebody stepped on his foot. We don't know who. He hasn't. It probably wasn't for, like a. It was Ivory for a week. It, it was Ivory saying, "I want my job, <laughs> man." Yeah. And they let <laughs> like, "Ah." Um, there was a running back last year with a substandard offensive line who got a lot of work and a bad quarterback playing on a team that stunk, and he still finished as a top 15 running back. His name was Isaiah Crowell. But he also had 40 catches and I want to say around 300 I don't receiving yards. I think the Browns offensive line was was that bad. Once Betonio went down, it was it was pretty nasty. And yeah, Joe Thomas was the best offensive lineman of that unit and better than anybody that Jacksonville has now. But still the rest of that line wasn't that great. And Crowell's numbers weren't actually that great once Betonio went down. So there is there is definitely more downside than Fournette, but I will pose this question. What other running backs, rookie or not, in a non-PPR league, do you feel comfortable taking ahead of him, given what we've seen and given what we expect from Fournette in terms of workload and role and potential? It's hard to put even – I love Dalvin Cook. It's hard to put Dalvin Cook ahead of Leonard Fournette at this point. It's hard to put Christian McCaffrey ahead of Leonard Fournette. Unless you are just perfectly convinced that Fournette is overrated and on a team that's just headed toward the dumpster. In PPR, I can put McCaffrey ahead of Fournette. I can too. I can. I've got him 14th in PPR. And I'm getting ready with Cook too in PPR because I just don't think Fournette's going to catch him. As far as guys that are being drafted in front of him and that I would rather have, um, Isaiah Crowell. Behind him. After him. Right. I would rather have Crowell. He's going 10 picks after him. Where's Fournette's ADP? 26th. Okay. Uh, That's Lamar right Miller is going, him, I'd, you, I understand your argument for Lamar Miller being a bust. I'd rather have Miller than Fournette. Here's the thing. I'd rather have Amari Cooper and Doug Baldwin than Fournette, and they're going for sure. at the same time. So if you have that pick, you probably took David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell on a 12-team league. 
your second and third round pick could easily be a wide wide receivers, Cooper and Baldwin. Um, and if I'm at that point at the start of the third round, if Zeke's still there, I'd rather have him than Fournette. Yeah, if Gronk is still there, which I don't think is going to be the case, and a lot of people would take a quarterback there too. If, if Rodgers is there, there'll be a. I think taking Rodgers over Fournette makes sense. I think there's less upside safer. because of the position, but it is safer. Yeah. yeah All right, uh, and then and then you could theoretically do the same with Brady. Yeah. If you're doing it with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to do it with Tom. I think there's a difference personally, but I, I know a lot of people don't. Um, and Heath, in fact, likes Brady better. So, okay, Heath, I'm sorry to cut you off. We, uh, your other bus that we were going to talk about is Brandon Marshall, but read all about it on CBSSports.com. I promised everybody auction talk. Let's do it. And then at the end of the show, we'll tell you who made the podcast league. Get excited. Also, get excited. We're doing a rejects league. There were just too many entries. I read about a thousand haikus. And they were really funny, and I do want to thank everybody for participating. It means so much to me. I didn't get to respond to a lot of them, uh, obviously not picking a lot of them. It, it was so much fun to read these. They were great that you put the effort in. Many of you were like me and didn't really get the 575 thing, but uh, still, I appreciate the effort. Heath and I are going to do a Rejects League. Heath and I are going to share a terrible team with 11 others, so I will be picking 19 Haikus. Um, and it's actually going to be a better league than the original podcast league because it will not have a kicker and it will have decimal scoring. It will have as decimal all scoring. should. Yeah. And is it going to be half PPR? Half PPR. Sure. Yeah. I gave you I, if 12 I, If teams. I get no kickers and decimal scoring, you can throw just about any other rule except for 10-team league like you tried to in there. That's what we did last year. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of 10-team leagues. Yeah, I just I, I wanted to have Because everybody's loaded. There's too many good players. Yeah, well, we sucked last year, so there weren't that many good players. <laughs> uh, alright, so let's do the auction here. And, so it, tough to give auction advice because every auction is so different, but here's what happened in our $100 budget, 12 team standard scoring auction league. Two receivers, two running backs, and a flex, tight end, kicker defense. So it wasn't a three receiver league, it wasn't PPR, and it was 12 teams. $100 budget. I'll give you the two most expensive players at every position. Aaron Rodgers, $12. Tom Brady, $10. Running back, David Johnson, $38. Le'Veon Bell, $32. And Johnson was the most expensive player in the league. Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham were $34 and $33. Rob Gronkowski was $20. Travis Kelsey was $8. So when you look at Johnson at $38 and Gronk at $20 and Antonio and Beckham for $34 and $33, Rodgers for $12 and Brady for $10 is, is pretty sweet. Ezekiel Elliott, in case you're curious, he went for $21, uh, same as Jordan Howard. And the David Johnson owner actually also took Ezekiel Elliott, and I don't really like the team that much. But um, also one thing noteworthy, and then I'll turn it over to you. You don't usually see a, a drastic tier difference like this, but the top eight wide receivers. So off the top of my head, that was Brown, Beckham, Julio, Evans, Green, Jordy, Dez, and Michael Thomas. They all went for between $24 and $34. Then the next three wide receivers, number 9, 10, and 11, all tied for number 9 technically, Cooper, Hilton, and Baldwin, they went for $15, $9 less, 9% less out of a $100 budget than the, than the last of the top eight. That is a massive drop in tier and not something that I would expect. If Thomas went for 24 I would expect Baldwin and Hilton and Cooper to be closer to like 18 or 19 but they were 15 Anyway, uh, did you guys have a strategy? Did it work? Tell me about the auction. I did have a strategy, and it failed miserably. I was not able to execute it, and I'm very disappointed. Why? Okay. What was the what strategy? Was my 
thought my plan was that I was going to go get two elite wide receivers. I would find cheaper running backs that I felt good about. And then I'd just build with balance after that. I got one in Mike Evans. And I guess maybe you could say I got another one in Rob Gronkowski. So I've got a first and second round pick there. But I think I would have liked my team better if I hadn't taken Gronk and I would have gotten Julio Jones. Um, and then I didn't exactly go with cheap running backs because I took Todd Gurley for 16. All right. So so your team, Heath, let me just get your team here. Do you have it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've got uh, Russell Wilson as my quarterback. I spent $4 on him. Very, very pleased with that. My starting running backs are Todd Gurley and Ty Montgomery for a combined $22. Uh, Mike Evans was 26. My number two wide receiver is Sammy Watkins. He cost me $7. That I felt good. like was a great deal. Yeah. Uh, Gronk for 20. And then I've got a, a bevy of three, four, $2 players. Darren McFadden, Jonathan Stewart, CJ Procise, Delaney Walker, Adam Thielen, Julian Edelman, Mike Wallace. I, I think your team's good. I mean, you got a top five quarterback for you, Russell Wilson. You have Gronkowski. You have Mike Evans. You have Todd Gurley. Yeah, I don't dislike my team. I just did not execute the strategy that I planned. You have and there's a game that we like to play when we're done with our auctions, and, and that game is when would I have got these guys in a snake draft? Sure, yeah. And you would have had Mike Evans in round one. I think you would have had Gurley and Gronk in round two. That's awesome. Do you have a third-round player? No. Uh, I guess you would have to say that Gurley would be my third round pick. Okay. Who's no, but your this fourth is good. You don't need a third round player if, and that's the thing. Right, right, like, right. You yeah. don't necessarily need a third right. rounder if you've got two seconds. Yeah. So who would be your fourth round player? Well, I, I would take Sammy Watkins or Ty Montgomery at the end of the fourth round. Mm-hmm. I, one of the two of them could fall to the fifth round and I'd feel even better about it. That's so probably say, though. That's probably the the weakness, if there is one. Is maybe there's a just a little bit too big of a drop off between your top three players, Gurley, Gronk, and Evans, and then Watkins. But it kind of makes fourth. sense if I have two second rounders to make up for my third rounder, that I have two fifth rounders to make up for my fourth rounder. I guess, but I'd rather. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd rather have like a fourth. I'd rounder. rather have two seconds and two fifths than a second, third, fourth, and fifth. Where would you draft Russell Wilson in a typical snake draft? It would depend, but sixth or seventh. Okay. So that could have been your sixth round pick. Right. Edelman in round seven? Yeah, that's fine. I think that's pretty darn good. Even in standard. So I, I think I, it's not well. worth doing for the rest of the way. And then McFadden is going to go in round seven or eight in every draft. So I, I don't think we need to do it for every single round, but I think you put together a pretty good team. You did. You did a good job. Dave, Thank what you. about you? Strategy? You. My strategy Excuse going in was not to spend 30 bucks on one running back, but try to get two from a team. I wanted to get the starter and the handcuff from teams that I thought would run the ball well all season long. I love it. I love your team, and you nailed your strategy. I did nail the strategy. I'm I'm actually very happy with it, too. I got LaShawn McCoy for 23. Which which, which was thought, a great value. Like, that was one of the best values based on the other running backs that went around. That were, I agree, uh, his, and his nomination was fairly early, and I was surprised that I got him for 23. I think part of the reason why I got him was because other people weren't ready to quite spend that much. This was That, that relates to a good point before we go over Dave's whole team. There was not a period in this auction like there have been in the last two years where we had like 10 or 12, 15 players where everybody was just going for max or over max value. There was never an overspending period in this auction. You want to know why I think that was? I think we had smarter drafters. 
Okay, but let me let me relate a story of baseball auction that I did <clears throat> uh, last year. So I think what you need to do when you go to an auction is find out how many elite players you think there are. If there's 15, if there's 20, whatever. How many that you really, really need to have at least one or two? I'd say at least two. And make sure you get them. And if that means overspending, if everybody's overspending on on the uh, on the elite players, you have to as well. You cannot be left out of that because there will be values, there will be bargains later in the draft. If everybody's spending big on the first and second round picks, that means the fifth and sixth round picks are going to be absolute steals for everybody. You cannot be left out of the elite players. If you walk out of an auction and you don't have a first round pick or at least like three second round picks, if you don't have a first round pick, like if you don't have some great players, you're screwed. So that, that's the point of the auction. I, I do kind of like a studs and duds approach if you want to win them. I, I won't go that far. But have some studs. And if that means you have to overspend to keep up with everybody else, then do it. Uh, don't be rigid with your, with your perceived auction values. Okay, go ahead. But I'm not, I don't want to overpay by $5 for somebody. Even if I love them. Even if I loved LaShawn McCoy, I wasn't prepared to spend 29 or 30 on him. But you can't be left out of, like there might be some auctions, it probably won't happen, but there might be some auctions where the top 20 players, top 24 players, whatever, go for so much more than everybody else. And if that's what's happening, I think you have to do it. I actually have a different kind of approach to auctions that I'd love to get in. I have I have two auction rules. Okay. You tell me when you want me to, to drop them out. Yeah, do it. The, the first one is, and it takes work, you've got to tier your players in advance of the auction. Which is kind of what you were saying, Adam. You were saying find the studs that you like. Mm-hmm. I think what you need to do is group every player by position based on expectations. So the stud running backs that you think are of a shot at 1,800 total yards and 12 to 14 touchdowns, they go at the top. And then the next group is running backs with potential for 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns, they go next. 1,300 yards and 9 touchdowns, they go next. You just As many tiers as you want to create, as thin or as thick of a tier as you want, do it before your draft and then take it with you to your auction. And as players come off the board, you'll mark them off of your tier list with how much they spend. And when one of those tiers gets light on mm-hmm. players, you'll know how much they should go for. And you'll be prepared to go in and, and bid on that last remaining guy based on what the other ones went for. And it'll be at expectations that you're comfortable. But if you wait for the last guy in the tier, you might have to overpay. Sometimes it's better to wait for the second to last guy in the tier because a lot of people might feel the same way about the tier. Like if the top seven wide receivers come off the board and then Des Bryant, people think he's in that top eight. Des Bryant's the last one and people are going, oh, crap, I really need one of these top eight receivers. Spend, 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 spend. You might have been better off getting Michael Thomas, who was the seventh one in that group of eight. But you could also make the same argument that you might want to be the first one sure. into a tier. I don't know that you want to be the same last reason because one. Because those, because t- no one knows exactly what those values are going to be. And I think that's kind of, Jay Ajayi went for 17 in this auction. I thought that was a good value. And then Sean McCoy went for 23. If, if I wasn't in their bidding, having an idea on what they were going for even before the auction begins, then I, I, I don't know if I would have necessarily been so bullish on getting LaShawn on my team. The other rule I'll share is, I call it the 20-50 rule. You want to have 20% of your budget left for the last 50% of the nominations. In a typical 12-man auction, there's going to be right around 180 nominations. So you want to save 20% for those last 90 nominations. That's where you'll find your bargains. I love I mean, I love having money left in the middle of the draft. I think that's 
But I think in this, in this particular auction, if you had a bunch of money left in the middle of the draft, it, it happened to Jamie. He just ended up overpaying for a couple of guys because, oh, yeah. because he had too much money left and he didn't have any good players. Well, yeah, you have to get some good players, but that's the thing. Like You have to have great players. Jamie didn't like his team. It didn't turn out good for him. Um, oh, we're going to read it off. Uh, well, Dave, go ahead and go ahead with your team because uh, I'll go quick. You then. Did great. Uh, DeMarco Murray and LaShawn McCoy are my starting running backs. I spent 25 total on LaShawn McCoy and Jonathan Williams and 27 total on DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. I waited all offseason to get both Titans running backs on my auction team. I think it's much easier to do in this format compared to a snake draft where you've got to spend that second round pick on DeMarco and a sixth-round pick on Derrick Henry. It's almost not worth it to take either one because of how pricey they are. I also got Isaiah Crowell for 13. You know that I'm a big believer in him. Some people might think that that's an overpay, but given what I think we're going to see from running backs this year and the amount of teams that are going to either struggle to run the ball or use a a two- or three-headed tandem to run the football, I don't mind Crowell at 13. I think he's going to be fine. You like Crowell. Good for you. And I like Crowell. My receivers... The, the one I spent the most on was Brandon Cooks, 11 bucks. I also got Tyreek Hill for six, Jarvis Landry for three, and that's it. Those were the only three receivers I got. It's a two-receiver, one-flex league, non-PPR. I thought Landry was a good price at three, and I think Cooks at 11 was pretty good as well. Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, eight bucks. Yeah. That's kind of the cherry on top. No more $12 Travis Kelsey. No, but we have a new $12 player. I, I love your team. I think it's one of the best in the league. If I had to nitpick, because that's obviously what I do. That's what we all do. It would be that your starters at running back are incredible. Your starters at wide receiver are kind of questionable, in my opinion. Sure. Cooks and Hill. And, Cooks and Tyreek and Hill. You, and you have six running backs on your bench. Yeah, I don't get uh, Jonathan Williams for two. Uh, he, I get Him I get. Darren Sproles, Duke Johnson, Joe Williams are $1 running backs for you. You know, I think, look, there, here were some of the $2 wide receivers. Galladay, Cobb, Marshall, Thielen, Zay Jones, then JJ Nelson, Marvin Jones, Jordan Matthews, John Brown, Corey Davis, Dante Moncrief, Rashard Matthews, Robbie Anderson, $1. I feel like you should have used those final dollars on receivers rather than running backs. Sure. And, and you can make the point for it. It's just kind of something that I do. It's a personal strategy of mine to just hoard running backs. And I'll, I'll tell you this, the strategy that I took of getting two Titans running backs and two Bills running backs, that in theory should alleviate any pressure of getting so much running back depth because I've got, okay, LaShawn McCoy goes down, I've got his backup, right. he's ready to go. And you got Crowell. Murray goes down, uh, yeah, and I've got Crowell. So I kind of, maybe it's a little too much overkill. Too many running backs, it, it's almost like eating too much chocolate chip cheesecake. What is your nominee? No, you're going to have to drop them though. I, it's, I don't, I don't know if I agree. I don't know if I will. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, Joe Williams will be first on the chopping block. What is Joe your Williams nomination? The what is your nomination strategy? Uh, expensive players I don't like get nominated first. Right. Mixed in with DSTs and kickers that I want for a buck. And any, any cheap player that I really want, I will nominate for two. That will force anybody else who might want that player to spend three. Yep. And if they're just a cheap player, they'll never spend the three. Okay. Yeah. Like when I nominated Jonathan Williams, so this is what I was saying. When I took LaShawn McCoy, my nomination was up two nominations later, and I I nominated Jonathan Williams for two, knowing no one in their right mind would spend three on him. Don't get anxious during your auction. Don't overreact. If you're already set at a position 
and you see a great value on the board, I think you might want to avoid it. And I'll give you, I'll give you two teams with two lessons and then we'll talk about the podcast league. So Jeff Tobin, who's our boss, he's a great guy. I love him. Um, terrific person. Uh, big fan. So he took, uh, Tom Brady and Andrew Luck. He took, uh, he has great wide receivers. He has T.Y. Hilton. Well, hopefully. T.Y. Hilton, DeAndre Hopkins, Demarius Thomas. All three have a lot of upside and downside. And he also has Martavis Bryant as his fourth receiver in a standard scoring league. And he has Jeremy Macklin for $3. And, and $3 is, is valuable. Martavis Bryant at seven, that's not a bad value at all. But that's five wide receivers. His running backs are Rawls, Woodhead, Terrence West, and LeGarrette Blunt. So, like, I don't know how the nominations went. I don't know when he got these guys. But if you already have Hopkins and Thomas and Hilton, Martavis Bryant at $7 is a good value. But you know you're going to need those $7 for a running back. So I just think that even if there's a – because then he ends up paying 10 bucks for Thomas Rawls and 7 bucks for Danny Woodhead. I, I think even if you have a good value at a position that you're already loaded at, I think you need to – you probably need to let it go and use that money to better round out your team. I think Dave needs to trade Isaiah Cruel for Demarius Thomas. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, standard scoring. <laughs> Based on last year, Thomas, you know, wasn't very good. Well, he was okay in this format. All right, that's fine. It's a fair trade. And then um Gertula's team. I wanted to talk about that because this was somebody who went big on two players. Thirty-two bucks on Levy and uh, Levy on Bell. Twenty-six bucks on Devontae Freeman. And then he has Amari Cooper. But here's the rest of his starting lineup: Andy Dalton. Uh, Eric Decker is his number two wide receiver with Kenny Galladay and JJ Nelson and Marvin Jones and Rashard Matthews on the bench. And Dalvin Cook at $12 is his flex. Dalvin Cook could be great. And if you have Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, Dalvin Cook, and Amari Cooper, you might be fine. But my point is for, for Jeff Gertula, who took 32 bucks for Le'Veon Bell, 26 bucks for Devontae Freeman, probably shouldn't have taken Dalvin Cook. I'd rather throw those $12 into a wide receiver. Instead of having Eric Decker as my number two, wide sure receiver. he could have bid fifteen on one of those fifteen dollars. He's got two first round picks, a second round pick, and a fourth round pick on this team. Yeah, we'll see how it turns out. I mean, there's a lot of talent there, but for twelve dollars at wide receiver, he could have had Terrell Pryor, could have had Keenan Allen, could have had Hopkins, could have had Cooks, Garcon. All yeah. those guys went for twelve or less. Um, so I guess that's my overall point, and I hope that helps you with your auction. They're so much fun, and we should, well, maybe we'll talk about a little bit more about them next week. All right, we, we, we're not going to mention Jamie's team. Jamie's team, he hated it. Jamie's team is—that's <laughs> why Dave wants to talk about Derek it. Derek Carr for a dollar, Amir Abdullah for twelve. That's the new. Remember twelve dollar Travis Kelsey? <laughs> yeah, no more. It's no more. It's twelve dollar Abdullah. And what happened to Jamie? To be fair, because he's not here to defend himself, is that he waited a long time, like Heath said, to start spending his budget, and then he realized, oh crap, I'm missing on some good players. Uh, literally, while every other team had like four or five players, I think he had a DST, and that was it. I actually don't think his team is bad. I just think he needs two running backs to emerge, and he's going to be fine. He has Carr, C.J. Anderson, Amir Abdullah, Doug Martin, Frank Gore, Samaje Pirine, and Theo Riddick, Des Bryant, Michael Crabtree, Crowder, Devontae Adams. Those are four good receivers. It's, yeah, four good receivers, and he got Crabtree for seven, Crowder for seven, and Adams for six. Yeah. Martellus Bennett at tight end, Broncos and Justin Tucker. So he's good at kicker and defense. Right. He just but he just needs Doug Martin, C.J. Anderson, Amir Abdullah, Frank Gore, two of them to be good. If he had spent the the money that he had left over, which he just sunk into Samaje Pirine, he spent ten dollars on Pirine, but really he could have gotten him for a dollar. 
and also took the Frank Gore $6. He would have had 16 to spend on another running back. That's what Todd Gurley went for. Congratulations to you eight Podcast League contest winners. We already have three from previous contests plus uh, – oh, oh wow. Oh, I guess no. I should have only taken seven, but that's all right. I'll uh, – all right, you know what? I might have to put one of these guys in the Reject League. That's okay, right? Oh, no. Wait, I did eight, four, twelve. Eight plus three would be 11, and there's four of us. Oh, man. Why did I think there were three of us? Maybe you shouldn't play because you made a mistake. Ouch. I would say that's not accurate. You definitely need to play. Should I put one in the Reject League? Uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is an interesting time. Alright, right I have to now. put one in the Reject League, I'm sorry. I like that this is happening on Oh, oh but it's, it's awesome show. that it's happening live. It Hashtag sucks. commission show. I'll put, uh, Brock in the Rejects League. Brock, I'm sorry, but I'll read your haiku Brock, anyway. The Rejects League is a better It league. is. It's great. So, you're welcome. This is from Nathan. Draft the perfect bod. First pick, first pick is Adam's arm hair. Next I take Heath's nips. Okay, you're in, Nathan. Uh, from Josh. Infinite pizza cannot curb Dave's appetite for Melvin Gordon. Yes, it can. From Vito. Fantasy football. Reason to ignore my kids. Wow, my wife is mad. <laughs> That's <laughs> outstanding. From Dan. That's my life. <laughs> has two haikus. Dan says, Dave, Heath, and Jamie, your podcast is so very good, even with Adam. To wake so early to draft for the podcast league, Ireland presence. I always like to have a foreigner. Awesome, so, yes. yes. Dan from Ireland, you are in. From Matt, dear Adam Azer, your bonanzas killed my year looking for vengeance. I'm sorry about that, but you got your vengeance chance. From Brock, who's going to be in the Rejects League, forget not the day, Dave Richard rapping, oh no, Christmas in Hollis. Oh, that was great. That was great. It was funny. This is from Laura. Tried crackling oat bran at your recommendation. It was disgusting. Very, very good. Yeah, I like it. And look, at least you tried it. And and I'm, it's always fantastic to have a female presence. Oh, yeah. Now, this is another female who wrote us in, but this is not the funniest haiku, but listen to this. From Eden. Hello, as someone who has never been into football, I probably never would have heard of your podcast, but my husband is the biggest football fan I know. He thinks about it all year long, watches every game, listens to every one of your podcasts, he has an hour drive to and, to and from work each day, and each evening when he comes home, he tells me about your shows. He's been so excited about the chance to join your fantasy league. He he gives me so much, like the opportunity to be a stay-at-home mom with our son. I want to give him this. Please pick one of my haikus so my husband can play in the league with all of you. I know it would mean so much to him and so much to me to see how happy it would make him. So here are the haikus from Eden. Please pick my husband to join the fantasy league. He'd be so happy. Husband in football, like macaroni and cheese. Put him in the league. I thought that you was You know nice. what? He needs to go to Pro Flowers. Yes. Promo code FFT. Yes. 20% and off. get some flowers for her. Guys, this is a great show. I know it was a little long. Thank you for uh, for hanging around. Everybody enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football. Good luck on your drafts, and we'll dominate on Monday. A little bit later on Monday, by the way. Uh, I think we'll be getting the podcast out about 1.30 p.m. Eastern. So uh, enjoy it, everybody. See you. It's all right. Got levy